Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. So a few weeks ago, we were sitting at our kitchen table and we were discussing a trip that we take every year with my husband. We've been doing it for about 10 years. I was sitting there with my eldest son, Mason, and our two younger sons. And he looked over at me and he said, Mom, I think I'm going to sit this trip out. Yeah, Kristen, that look. (laughs) Mason is 18 years old. He's preparing to go to college in the fall. And I looked across the table at him, and before I knew it, tears just began to fall out of my face. And Mason, being my non-emotional child, he immediately said, do I need to call dad? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no, Mason, I'm okay, but I really would like you to take this trip with us. And he looked over and he said to me, mom, I know this means a lot to you, but one day it's got to come to an end. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, my gosh. So... I called my daughter, Madison. She saw tears falling out of my eyes. Immediately, she goes into panic mode and she said, what's wrong, mom? And I said, Mason said he he can't go with us to Orlando because he has class. And she said, well, mom, I'll drive down from Georgia (laughs) because she knew. She knew that we are in a season of change and transition. And today on the Mom Village, that's what we're going to be talking about, seasons of our motherhood. Well, welcome to the Mom Village. We are so excited and a little emotional about this topic. It's going to be a great topic because we're all in this season, in different seasons actually, and we can't wait to share with you what we have for this episode. But let me introduce the ladies here. My name is Chismari Ramos and I'm with my ladies like always, Kira Kelly. Hey ladies. Who is the one that started this awesome topic in Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And um, we're going to dive in in this episode. Kira, tell us what the episode is called and what is it about? So today we're going to talk about seasons of motherhood. And as we all know, there are different seasons in our lives. And especially in motherhood, there are seasons of joy and of sorrow and despair and doubt. Sometimes there are seasons of transition and there are seasons of gratitude and hope. And we have them all. Some are a little harder to get through than others, but every season is filled with challenges and blessings. And as it states in Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there is a season. So moms, we t- we're going to talk you through, I think in this room right now, we have about 25 years of motherhood that we're going to talk about today. So it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum, even if you're an expecting mom, we're hoping that there are some things that you can gather from this episode. So we're going to share a couple stories to begin with, kind of to go along with what Kira said. I mean, my story is not as deep as yours, but for those moms that are in seasons of diapers and pull-ups, I came to the real I didn't came to the realization. It just happened. My youngest is three and is potty trained. And I looked at my husband and I realized, oh my gosh, so for the first time over 10 years, this is going to be the first time we're going to do runs to the grocery store or the market and we're not going to buy diapers. <laughs> There's, <laughs> And a lot of people will be celebrating like, yay, you're saving money. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, like I, I enjoy it. 
in the financial aspect. But yeah, it was kind of like a big bus, you know, because you're used to like, hey, just go get milk, go get eggs, go get wipes and go get diapers. <laughs> <laughs> and even pull-ups, I try to like extend it as much as I could. But yeah, we're in that season and I'm looking at myself, I'm like, you know, I can't say that I have babies because my babies are big. So I'm running away from that baby stage. Oh, man, I'll keep the theme going on the baby stage. So, I, you know, we have eight children. And from my oldest to youngest, almost to the day, it's a 13-year span. And so we put our first crib in our one-bedroom apartment in 1996. And we didn't take our crib down, basically, other than to move for 16 years because wow. I made Caleb stay in the crib till he was almost three because I couldn't bear to take it down. And Jimmy didn't understand. He was like jumping for joy about it. And I'm like, I don't know how to function without a crib in this home. And no matter whether you've had it up for two years, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever, it's just, just like the diapers. It is a weird feeling yeah. because mm-hmm. you almost in these different seasons, you almost begin to form your identity around it. Like this is not even in a bad way, but this this is what we do. That's we buy diapers, we put yeah. babies in cribs, <laughs> we white yeah. bottoms, we you know, this is mm-hmm. this is what we do. And then all of a sudden you do something different. And it just takes a little bit of time to get our mind around Mm -hmm. it. But ladies, we're going to start off with this first question is what shocked you as a new mom? And what did you think you knew that you actually didn't know? And I'll just go ahead and be really transparent (laughs) at first. So (laughs) Jimmy and I talk about this all the time. So when we had him, we only stayed in the hospital for a day, Mm -hmm. just overnight because the insurance thing. And we had the baby in Louisville. And so there were nurseries. So I didn't know. I mean, I'll just put him in the nursery. I mean, we held him and stuff. Don't (laughs) think we're weird. But like at nighttime, they would have him for a little bit. So we called our parents and told them what a great sleeper James was. Except for then, you know, I'm talking about bragging. Like, I don't know what y'all are doing wrong. This kid's a great sleeper. He was like three hours old. Well, we get him home and oh my gosh, he did. We thought they gave us the wrong baby. I mean, he did not sleep. And so we thought we had one thing. We had another. It took us like 30 minutes to both change a diaper. I had babysat, but never like a newborn. (laughs) And so we had read all these books. We thought we had it together. And I was crying. Baby James was crying. Jimmy was irritated. (laughs) And it was like, wow, we don't know what we're doing. You know, I think back to when we had Madison, and it's kind of the same thing. I had never been around a newborn Mm -hmm, baby, mm -hmm. and I didn't know the recovery as well as a new mom. For you personally. For me personally. I knew nothing about ladies' mesh panties. Oh, no. I knew nothing about um, (laughs) that peroxide bottle. Yeah. Nothing. They don't tell you. And Dwight, who's ex- who they're expecting, he, he's <laughs> yeah. looking like, what? What is that? He's like, bring more info. Yes. That was a time that really brought Eric and I together. Y'all, those mesh panties, though, they look hideous, but are they not the absolute They're the best. And best? guess what? I still have some of mine. I kept them. I can't let Love it. Pastor Eric lives it. <laughs> they, they, they have better ones now, though. Oh, you wow. can buy them. So now there's like a whole, oh my God, this has turned into a difference. Like, but ladies out there, there's new ones. There's disposable, like disposable, nice, really looking Underwear. Yeah, yeah. Somebody got them for a ba- from a baby shower. Yeah, show yeah. Oh, so wow. yeah, okay. I used those anyway, and they're amazing. Come a long way. Yeah, yeah. However, however, so I didn't. We didn't know that. You know, when Madison came home, she 
had issues with her esophagus. Mm -hmm. So we thought we're going to have a baby. She's going to come out. She's going to be healthy and everything's going to be great. And this is not to scare anybody. It wasn't life threatening, but she did have an episode in the hospital where Mm -hmm. she turned blue. And if you know, I'm black. So a baby turning blue is kind of (laughs) weird. And we just didn't think, oh, when we come home, there might be some additional care. So for her first three or four months, Mm -hmm. we had to have her car seat in the crib. She couldn't lay down. So even things like that, we just didn't think about. We we were just not prepared for. No, you're just thinking of the parenting magazines with the mom sitting in the sitting in the in the rocking chair. Yes. Yes. That one. Where the wind is blowing and the the yeah yeah, the white baby sleeping and there's a pretty little plant in the corner. Yeah, I didn't like that. (laughs) Well my situation was a little different because I'm one of five and I have we're four girls in my house. So, and I'm the youngest. So my olders had babies and everything. And then before I got married, I took care of my older sister because she had to go back to work. I took care of her baby a whole year. So I learned so much. I feel like I learned so much with her baby that by the time I had my own baby I did, and I was young, but I, I already knew a lot for a person that has never had a baby. So yeah, there was a lot of things about recovery that shocked me. But in terms of the baby, I kind of knew, but not to brag about it. But what really shocked me, it was in a different area. It was in and the marriage part. So the whole time I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take care of this. This is all me. Like I, I was all me. And then my husband also, he's like, oh, yeah, you you take care of it. This is all your your expect, expertise. Like I don't I don't have a breast to breastfeed. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden I found myself. I'm like, wait a second. I'm exhausted. If I'm going to nurse, I need to rest. I, I'm not producing enough milk. And it was like the emotional part. And I'm trying to communicate with my husband. It's like, hey, this is a this is a team effort. Like I, and he's like, you know what? It's okay. I'll go in the other room so you can feed the baby, and 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 then that way I can go to work, you know. And 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 I don't have to wake up and while well, the baby wakes up, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, he's so nice. I'm like, wait a second, what in the world? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you're going to he he actually did. He went to a different room for a couple of nights, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Wait a second. I'm, and then we feel like, we, we got to do this together. Like, I'm exhausted. So we decided after a couple of very nice conversations. <laughs> Dwight's listening over nice here. Co- oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm like, hey, you take the night feeding so you can have time with the baby and you guys can bond and everything. I'll pump. I'll do whatever. And then I'll do the day shift. And he's like, let's do it. And even though he was tired and yeah, he had to go work the next day, he started doing it. And guess what? He actually loved it. You know, mm-hmm. and it was priceless. And he was, he, he can tell you t- till today, he was looking forward to those night feedings. And they were so precious and valuable. But that was a big shock because you don't know. That doesn't come with the instructions like, yeah, oh, because that's not what's pictured in the magazines. Yeah. Right. You come out of the yes. hospital and you're like gorgeous and beautiful and everything is in place where it used to be 10 months ago. And, and they, they don't have those mesh panties in the magazines. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you that right I now. had no idea. <laughs> Oh, oh! but you know, one of the things I learned as a first time mom that nobody, maybe somebody told me and I just didn't think it was necessary to listen to, but how important communication is in that area, because Mm -hmm. it's super easy as a mom to take everything on Mm -hmm. your shoulders and then get resentful for the mm-hmm. people around you mm-hmm. that you have everything on your shoulders, but you took it on. Yeah. <laughs> and so husbands sometimes mentally just kind of stand back because they're like, well, we're not going to get in her way. And then we resent it. And yeah. so just saying, 
babe, I'm so tired. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just remember having those newborns, no matter how many we had. And that for some reason, for me, the 11 o'clock feeding, I just thought, I'm, I can't make it. I could get up in the middle of the night. But Jimmy would come downstairs and find me like passed out of sleep <laughs> at like 1130 because it was just the day had gotten so mm-hmm. long. So all I had to do was say, babe, is there any way I could go to bed at like 830 and then I'll get up at 11. But And he was like, no problem. Yeah. Well, all I had to do was ask. And we <laughs> yeah. want them to just intuitively know what we yep. need. And guys, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And so he loved it. And that became his bonding time with the babies. I actually ended up pumping at 11. So I got to sleep from like 830 to 2. Well, that wow. was a game that's changer. Yes. And all I had to do was say, babe, is there any way? He wanted to help. And they love it. Yeah. He just didn't want to offer it because then he knew I would feel like, oh, you don't think I can do this by myself? <laughs> Even though I couldn't. But I want, you know, and mm-hmm. so, hey. Ask, talk about what you need. It's not going to be the same thing for every. And mom. Even, if, even if you don't know what it is, you yeah. know, like, like I, because sometimes he will ask me, he's like, how can I help him? I'm like, I really don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, don't I really know. don't know. I'm just trying to feed the baby so it's healthy and it's not crying and yeah. it's changing. And like, I really just, don't it's know. It's moral support. Yeah. It's yeah. just moral support. So I will tell him, I'm like, listen, if you see me when my hair is crazy going on, it's like, okay, I'll intervene. I'm like, yeah. don't, don't, don't ask me. Just be like, hey, how about I'll take him now? And I'm like, oh, okay. And it will make sense in the moment because I'm, yeah. I'm in the go, 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 go and try to just keep everything calm but he will he will do a lot of things like he will do the dishes he will help me clean out the kitchen like sure. he will do a lot of things go get some meals and everything he will just help me in other areas even if I don't verbalize it you know yeah. he would just try to like the normal routines just make it easier well and I think the more children you have the more crucial those conversations oh, are yeah. because you know when you have your first one if you are staying at home with your child even for those first few months if you have to go back to work you might can grab it, snag a nap in the afternoon or whatever, yeah. in the morning even. Once you start adding those toddlers, that becomes more and more difficult. So your needs mm-hmm. change. And so you just have to keep talking to each other. Something my husband did, though, I, I really appreciate is like I remember every by the time the baby was six weeks, he's like, OK, we're going on a date. And That's I'm like, um, I don't feel pretty to go on a date. I don't fit in any of my dating clothes. I'm still bleeding yeah, <laughs> from left to right. You know, I'm swollen. And my boobs are going to like hurt like in every 20 minutes. Like he's like, we're going out. I don't care. We're going out. My mom is coming. Every, somebody's coming to watch the baby. And it's really hard because you're like, oh, I don't want to detach from the baby. You know, but I'm so happy. Like he literally forced me to do mm-hmm. it. And I, in the process, I was complaining like, but at the end, once we were there, I was like, because oh, I needed a breather. Like, yeah. you don't realize, mom, that you're like, go, 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 go. And you're focused. And like you said, Kristen, we're like, you know, this is hard. I got it all under control. I can do it. But he needed time. And I didn't see that. And that's something I learned. Like, our husbands needs time, too. And all of a sudden, we get into this mode of mama, which is a great mode. It's beautiful. But we forget that our husbands came first. And they need time. So, and I didn't realize by me giving him time, I was giving time to myself too that I didn't know I needed it with him. Well, that's great advice for new moms, early moms, those who are expecting. But let's talk a little bit about when you transition your family, not only from no children to one children, but what about that step up? There's a couple of young ladies in our church that have now gone from one child to two children mm-hmm. and maybe two to three. Like, what advice can we give them in that season when you're transitioning oh, wow. from two to three okay, or I'll, one to two? I'll jump right in. So I get this question a lot, and I'm probably all of us because we have four and counting, <laughs> or four or more. But I always, at least for me, I always said that the hardest transition in terms of numbers is 
one to two. Reason why, at least for us, is like we always go back to two. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but so one, everyone says, oh, but it's a tag team. Everyone has one and one. Yeah, but you're trying to balance two different ages, two different personalities. When you have a third one, I feel like the older one is already old enough to get themselves in the car. They're already potty trained. They're, even if you have them back to back, you know, they're a little bit more independent. So I feel like you always go back to that number two, at least for me. So what about you, Kristen? I was going to say for me, I, I re- thinking back two to three was hard. I felt like we were outnumbered. That, that was my, that was my that was struggle a, bus. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually between, you know, after my third born was born, I hit, uh, hit like some postpartum depression. It mm-hmm. never happened to me again out of nowhere. And, you know, my mom is mentally ill. And so when that happened, I was freaking out mm-hmm. on the inside thinking, okay, here it is. I'm going I'm going down with the ship. And I was afraid to tell Jimmy because, you know, my mom's mentally ill. If I yeah. tell him I'm struggling with depression, he's going to think I'm a nut. Yeah. He's going to be, you know, like whatever. I mean, it's all these irrational things. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's never treated me like that. But, you know, in that moment, yeah. I thought oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to the funny farm. So, um, <laughs> okay, we're not laughing. No, no. I'm just saying, you know, like my, you know, I had walked all this. No, we're laughing because we all felt the same way. And so I actually had a lady come to my house, a a youth worker, and she had dealt with it and she could see it on my face. Mm -hmm. Plus, I was felt guilty because I loved my baby. I loved my children. It. I didn't have anything where I wanted to hurt anybody or, you know, do something crazy with my kids. I was protective of my kids. I just felt like I couldn't do it. Like I, I thought, you know, you you can't get past the moment, and I'm like, how am I going to do this by myself? Yeah, Jimmy, that's was, not me. This no, is not Jimmy me. was trying to get his PhD, wasn't home very much, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So she actually said, hey, dude, your wife's got some issues, and he was shocked because I kept acting, yeah, and like you were keeping it together, okay. yeah. And so once, listen up, moms. Yeah. Listen. So mm-hmm. once he came in the house and just gave me a big hug and said, babe, why didn't you tell me? And I just burst into tears and it didn't last very long, Mm -hmm. but just that first, that, that change. And it's funny because our third born is the life of the party. Like I cannot even (laughs) imagine life without him. He is so fun. So gregarious. It's always been so fun to be his mom. His mom had nothing to do with that. It was a you know, chemical, emotional, uh, what am I trying to say? Hormonal. And so it just took a little bit of time to get through it, but just telling somebody like, Hey, this is, this is what's happening. And one thread that I'm hearing as we're sitting here talking is that, and I know I've done it and I know we probably all have done it. We look at other moms and we're always on the outside looking in and Mm -hmm. we think, wow, man, she has it together. Mm -hmm. Like her ducks are in a row. She looks good. Her kids look good. But one thing that I, I keep hearing is that moms, whatever season you're in, if you can reach out to maybe a more seasoned mom, an older mom, mm-hmm. who's more experienced mom, who's been there, who's done that, you know, sometimes, and I, I am guilty of having that mom pride oh, that yeah. I don't want to ask for help or yeah. I don't want to seek the advice with somebody else. That was in my younger, ignorant days. Yeah. I am way past that now. Yeah. <laughs> so from what I'm hearing is we have to communicate our needs, even if we don't know our needs, you know, as we're going through these seasons of transition, you know, talk to our husbands, you know, talk to other women, talk to other moms, because again, we're a village. We can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. So what advice will you guys give to a first time mom, even newly pregnant? 
Well, that that probably would be mine. You know, really yeah. find your village, find those women around you that you respect and that you have watched their walk with Christ and how they're mothering and how they are being wives, you know, and just kind of, if you can, latch on to them, hold on mm-hmm. to them and, you know, seek relationship with them. I would say expect, expect your, your village and I would say your community and and the group that you surround yourself, expect it to change for good. And the reason I'm saying this is because sometimes new moms, they still want to grab and hold on to that circle of friends, which is, mm. it's, it's okay. It's an okay group of friends. But the reality is like when you're expecting and that circle of friends, maybe you're the only one expecting or the, you're the only one married or whatever. Like you said, it's healthy to go and be with moms. They're on the same stage. They can talk about the same things or those seasoned, more seasoned moms that can help you and bring more wisdom. Because if you grab on to that village or that group of people that they're not in your same season, sadly, it's going to bring so much bad advice. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because they don't understand, they don't agree, or they're going to give you advice that is not relevant because they're not being moms. They're not expecting. So there's going to be a lot of things that somebody that is a seasoned mom will tell you wisely about motherhood that these people are not going to be able to share, you know, wisely. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. once you're expecting, they can share more godly advice. But when you stay in the same circle, mm-hmm. You know, everything they they can say negative things about anything. Your husband doesn't understand you. You're being parenting wrong, or I don't understand this. Why are you doing that? And then all of a sudden, you start doubting for things that are just normal. They should happen. Those changes are good. Yeah. So I had the sweetest gift right before my firstborn, my James was born, and this seasoned mom that we're talking about mm-hmm. gave me the sweetest little devotional, and it was super easy to read. It was very theologically sound, but super easy to read. And she said, hey, you know, sometimes we're busy getting diapers and diaper cream and making sure we have cute outfits to bring them home from the hospital. But I just want you to have this, Mm. put it in a little basket beside, you know, your little nighttime supply basket. And just in the middle of the night, if you don't have time any other day, just open it up mm-hmm. and read scripture and try to memorize that. And that sounds like, oh, okay, the pastor's wife said to read scripture. Give me a break. <laughs> but what happens is, Jisma, all around us, we're mm-hmm. being bombarded. Mm-hmm. We don't even realize it, that motherhood is less than. Yeah. And um, that we're having to, air quotes, give things up to be a mom. And really, what we have to do is be reminded through God's Word, especially in that most vulnerable time, that this is a God-ordained gift. You know, Mm -hmm. often we say the family, husband, wife, mom, and dad were were created before the fall. This was God's perfect plan. The family wasn't a scramble to, you know, for once we sin for God to try to yeah, fix, fix everything. Yeah. This was part of his good and mm-hmm. perfect gift. And so reading scripture, listening to music that honors Christ, maybe even trying to memorize a verse and you you can do that. Instead yeah. of picking up your phone and scrolling through Instagram, and feeling worse about yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. because you don't look like those fake pictures on Instagram, read the word. And mm-hmm. even if you, you're too tired to read, listen to the word yeah, or yeah. listen to the music. And that that helped me stay yeah. grounded and stay purposeful about my motherhood, even in those early, exhausted 
years. But let's talk a little bit. We don't have super long left, but one of the questions that Kira posed, which I think is a great one, is did you ever experience the mom funk? And anybody that's been a mom for a day understands what that (laughs) is. And, you know, like you feel maybe unproductive, moody, impatient, whatever it is. And, And some of it's hormonal and some of it's mental or whatever. But did you experience that? And what helped you during that season? Well, I have to say, I, unfortunately, I still experience that yeah, a lot. Yeah. I see it in my behavior. And some of the things that I try to do is um, take a breath, number one, yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. just yeah. a deep breath. And I've found that I get very overwhelmed in my mind. I don't know if y'all can understand that. Uh, like oh, I always yeah. have things going, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. what I got to do next, what's coming next, where I've got to go. And the craziest thing, I literally sometimes just make what I call a brain dump list. Yeah. I literally will get pen to paper. And ladies, I know everyone who was out there with all their technology, I still can't get with the phone. (laughs) I literally have to write things down because I feel like I am literally allowing a weight to be lifted when I write all the things that I need to do down. Now, I may not start on that list, but I get it out of my brain. And that's why I call it my brain dump list. I either try to go outside, literally get some fresh air. I try to limit my screen time, just like you said, Kristen, putting my phone down. And I did this last week. I was feeling very overwhelmed and I've been wanting to clean my closet. Okay. And I know this is crazy, but I literally was like, I am not going to close my eyes today until I clean my closet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I accomplished that one thing. And I was like, if I don't accomplish anything else in this week, I've done this one thing. It's a beginning and and, an end. Yes, that has been on my dump list for quite a while. So even sometimes just accomplishing one thing, mom, just one thing. And it made me feel so good about myself. Now we're on to another week. I need to do something else. But for the rest of the week, I felt great. What about you, Gisma? Anything to get out of that mom funk? That's a daily battle that we all struggle with. You know, it doesn't have to be a hormonal imbalance. It doesn't have to be. It's just being a mom. It's just deciding that today it's going to be a great day and put it in God's hands and allowing God just to take over. Because like you said, yeah, we have... I mean, us women, we're so emotional and we're like, we have this mental battle all the time. And like Kristen said, you know, we have enough with the world telling us that we, we suck as mom and, you know, we're not the best mom. I'm not the best wife. Uh, We're so great at looking at the negative so quickly, you know? So the funk is always there. I just, I just try to, you know, like you said, just tell my flesh that the spirit is in control. Mm -hmm. And then by that, I'm doing what Kristen was saying, just trying to, even if it's a little bit, just have that little bit quiet time. Because if I don't do that, the funk will take over, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and that's not me. You know, that's not any of us. That's not, not our character. And that's not what God wants. God doesn't want a mom that is always like down. And and that's why God is just telling us that, you know? And so I was, you said about Ecclesiastes, and I was telling you that I was so... I was so inspired about this talk and I actually started reading it from 1 to 12. And I don't remember the last time I read Ecclesiastes, but if you're listening, mom, if you haven't read it, Ecclesiastes is a very sharp in your face book. It's not, and most of people will be like, it's not very encouraging, (laughs) but it's Solomon kind of sharing, you know, the true, the bad and the ugly. But there's a passage in Ecclesiastes 6, 9 that says, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things and meaningless, like chasing the wind. Mm. And there's so many passages like that. And then 710 says, do not long for the good old days. This is not wise. And he keeps telling all this good advice about about like, hey, listen, like I've done everything. 
in the past and the present. Like I'm like one of the wisest person. I'm like I'm like the perfect Christian, if you if you can name it. Yet none of this brings joys other than God. So I feel like in motherhood is the same thing. You know, we keep sidetrack. It's very easily to sidetrack, and then yet I'm trying to remind myself the funk is not in control. What I have in front of me is such a blessing. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard, though, because yeah. we're we're sidetracked very yeah. easily. But yet I try to remind myself daily. And I wake up and I'm like, you know what? You know where you were so many years ago, Jesus Marie? Like, you were in Puerto Rico. You grew up, like, in a very, like, poverty. We had a lot of poverty. Like, remind yourself where the Lord has taken you from. Like, look at the blessing. Your kids are healthy. And, and I know it sounds kind of dramatic, but it's the truth. We got to do that to ourselves all the time because if not we'll drown ourselves in the what if, or I'm not good enough, or I can't measure to that standard. I don't know if any of you can relate. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to say um, ditto to all the things that you two have said about about the mom funk and how to get out of it. All of it's important, whether it's exercise, get outside, brain dump, all of that is huge. And the only thing I would add to it is, you know, I part of my brain dump list, Kira, is I keep track of people I need to encourage mm-hmm. because I have figured out that if I can focus on Jesus and I can focus on other people, that helps me keep myself in perspective. And mm-hmm. so just even if even if that I try to encourage somebody either in my home every day, but outside of our home every day, like, hey, saw that you had a cute new pair of shoes. You you always look so good or, mm-hmm. you know, anything, just a text. It doesn't have to be a letter. I try to write notes as best I can. But if you don't have time, we text all the time. Just thinking about ways to be a blessing to other people somehow helps us to keep ourselves in perspective yeah. and helps us to to not to not focus on things that that we feel deficient in. So listen, we've been talking about having babies and stuff in in different seasons and milestones, but hey, let's just take a moment to talk about when that quiver is actually full. Hmm. That was a huge transition in our family. Going back and forth of, you know, once we got to our fourth child, it was this it. And honestly, I I went through like a mourning period when I knew that I had had my last baby and that our family was complete. Yeah. So how do you feel about that, Kristen? I mean, you you've had eight. (laughs) How did you feel? I mean, when did you know, Okay, this will be our last child? The baby phase is now over because that's a huge milestone in your family. Oh, I know. Well, here's how I knew when when Pastor Jimmy Scroggins, preacher man, said, "Okay, we're this is it." <laughs> but I, I honestly probably would have had several more. I just I love babies. I love children. I love being around. I know some of y'all listening are like, "She's a nut." <laughs> probably. I mean, you probably have to be a little nuts to have eight children, anyway. But truthfully, mm-hmm. uh, Kira, we had the same obstetrician, Doctor Brown Graham, mm-hmm. whom I love. Yeah told me um, I was super sick, super sick with all of them, but it just kept getting worse the more Mm -hmm. I had. And she just said, I think you need to be done. I know you love babies, but this was super hard on you in the hospital, on on IVs, whatever. This is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And you got to parent the the ones that God has already Mm -hmm. given you. Mm -hmm. And you know what? She was right. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to listen to our health professionals. It doesn't mean that they're always correct, but to really, they see this all the time, you know, so sometimes we just need to listen to our our doctors and our husbands. Jisma, you have a different 
thing because your husband would have 400 more. Oh my gosh, yes. So you were the one to be like, I'm finished. Yeah, yeah. And and Kira and I, we had this conversation because she has four. And I remember when we had the third one, we thought we were done. But then I keep telling... <laughs> I encouraged them. Yes. Well, I keep, I, keep, I keep asking Kira. I'm like, Kira, you know, like, I I think I'm done. She's like, but you you still feel... I'm like, what, what is your... Ex-? I keep like picking her brain about the fourth okay. one and the fourth one. Don't talk to me about having babies. I have everybody. <laughs> no, and then I'm that person now. But I remember I told my husband and our third baby, oh, dear Sienna, it's like, it was the... The perfect child that is like the baby you can take anywhere and it will not do is just the perfect child. So she actually made us want to have one more. But I remember my husband told me he's like, because he can have 10. I mean, he can just keep going and going. He told me he's like, okay, we're done. Then you're never ever again going to tell me you're pregnant. We're done with the season. Don't tell me again that, oh, he's very <laughs> black and white. He just threw it out there. He's like, we're not going to, you know, plan about this. We're not going to talk newborns. We're not. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why, why do you have to be so harsh? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have to curse. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just telling you. I think we're done. He's like, well, we're done. Then we're done. I'm like, well, why are you, you, you don't have to be mean. He's like, then that means you're not done. He's like, you think you're done, but you're not. And I remember Kira told me, you're like, okay, I think, I think you feel like th- there's still one more in you. There's still one more. And <laughs> I'm so thankful. Me. No, I'm so thankful for you and all the season mom. I was trying to get him, you see, advice from season moms because we have our precious boy, Lucas, and we have two boys and two girls. And honestly, I always in my heart ask the Lord, I would love to have two boys and two girls, two boys and two girls. And when I remember they told us, hey, it's a boy, I literally started sobbing because I, I, I thought even in the little things, God is spoiling so us. Faithful. He yeah. is spoiling us. Yeah. So yes. So my story is similar to Kristen and we're going to wrap up here, but the same thing. Eric told me he he put a halt to everything. And <laughs> usually I can talk him into a whole lot of foolishness. Um, but he was very, I mean, sat down with me face to face, eyeball to eyeball and said, no, we are done. And similarly, we, with our last Malachi, I had a lot of health issues. Same yeah. thing. I was, Eric was having to give me shots every day. And yeah. he's like, I had to become a medical professional through this pregnancy. Uh, no, we are completely 100% done. And I, I knew that I, I had been praying about it. And can I, I knew- say, can I say something really quick too, to encourage a lot of moms that are listening to us, you got to have, like Kristen said, conversations with your husband. And like Kristen said, you got to also check the health perspective, the marriage perspective, and the emotional perspective. For for us two, yeah, we wanted four, but also my last one, that's when I got postpartum depression. Mm. Oh, my last one, mm. which I will never think. I was so happy. I was looking for it. I, I was expecting it. That was something we wanted, but yet we didn't expect it. Mm. So it was so harsh to our marriage, too, that my husband saw, he's like, okay, we're done. Mm. Because if I need to choose between more kids and my marriage, I choose my marriage. And there's some that you guys are listening that can relate because you you can get pregnant, you know, infertility is in, and this is a very sore topic, you know, but even if you can't understand the decisions you make between, you know, your family and everything, it has to be, you know, hand in hand with your husband. And this has to be, we always say this in the mom village, communication, Mm -hmm. key, key for the health. And we're marriage 
center all the time. So ladies, we're going to wrap up this episode, but Mm -hmm. please stay tuned for episode two of Seasons of Motherhood because it's not just, we're not going to just talk about babies. We're going to move on to the next phase of your motherhood. So please stay tuned. And we are so thankful that you have joined us here on the Mom Village. So we're going to sign off for now. Can I get all you ladies to say bye? bye?